0: A disclaimer for our listeners. The content within this podcast is for mature audiences. It contains graphic descriptions of true crime events that may be unsuitable for listeners below a certain age or those who find this content triggering. The content creators would like to acknowledge in advance that we are not trying to imply anything discussed in the episode is humorous. However, we may reflexively try to lighten the mood when discussing gruesome topics If this manner of discussion offends you, please do not continue listening. Before we continue, I feel I should let everyone know that if you hear some ruckus in the background, it indeed is not the next serial killer trying to break into my house. It's simply my cats. They are having a WWE-style throwdown, apparently. Uh, So just a fair warning to our listeners.
1: Welcome to Cold-Blooded Brews, where chaos ensues. Our brutal hostesses today are Stephanie, Sabrina, and Christine. Please grab your favorite mug of coffee and join us as we discuss today's Cold-Blooded Killer.
0: So leading off of last week, um, who did you guys, like what did you find out for this week's select brew? It's new information on Arthur Shawcross.
1: This week, we're going to go over his victims in Rochester, and then a little bit with his trial and um, his time in jail. As a quick recap, we are exploring the misadventures and supposed exploits of Arthur Shawcross. Born June 6, 1945, he had a dysfunctional relationship with his family and a largely unsuccessful time in school, dropping out in the ninth grade at 17. He took part in assaults, burglary, domestic violence, arson, and the occasional odd job, but he found his way into the U.S. Army in 1967, due in no small part to the Vietnam War. He spun wild stories about his time there, including acts of beheading and cannibalism, and a kill count in war of 39, only to have these allegations tempered by the reality that while deployed, Arthur Shawcross was a supply clerk who saw no combat at all. He was married and divorced a total of four times, including to his third wife, Penny, who he married mere days after a local Watertown boy went missing. He was last seen with Shawcross after having a suspicious and scary encounter with him a short time before. A few months later, a second child went missing while visiting Watertown with her mother. But this time, the child's body was found and Shawcross was implicated when a bloodhound tracked the girl sent to Shawcross's house and an eyewitness gave a bite partial match account. In the end, Shawcross led police to the first victim's body in exchange for a 25-year plea deal admitting to the manslaughter of the second child and nothing else. He served 14 and a half years and moved around with Rose, who would later become his fourth wife. The couple found it difficult to settle comfortably because of the community outrage that tends to develop when everyone learns you killed children.
2: So, can you imagine? Like, I when I hear that, Christine, I picture. The old school group of people, you know, pitchforks and torches and like, get out of our time. Honestly, I would have loved to like be a part of that group. Like, can we do that more often nowadays with people in our community who, you know, like oh, are
0: child murderers? <laughs> like, <laughs> for some
2: reason only
1: served 14 and a half years. Yes.
0: Hey, he got out on good behavior for what's, not killing what's a good someone. Man? <laughs> Good he, on you. <laughs> he
1: went 14 and a half years, allegedly, without killing someone. Right.
0: Well, it was specifically in the prison riot that he gained his claim back into society. He didn't kill that one guard, but those two kids. Good for him, right?
1: <laughs> So to help the poor couple out, authorities somehow managed to seal the records on Shawcross. Which oh set him up more stably no. in Rochester, New York. Which so.
0: leads us to... <laughs> to where we're at now. To victim number three, technically. But number one for the new Shawcross. <laughs> it's like, not only...
2: Yeah was he not like a sex offender? Right. Because he's not be on any sex yep. offender registry because he only got manslaughter right. for one child. Yep. They felt bad that he was having such a hard time fitting into these new areas mm-hmm. and finding a job and stability that they sealed his record. They
1: so literally it. didn't travel that far. No. From where the crime happened.
0: So, Rochester for those who don't know is like what an hour and a half from Watertown, I think. Two, two hours and a, it's yeah, two and a half two, hours. Two, two okay, so two and a half hours from Watertown. Pretty much due west. Like northwest-ish. That that's where they moved to. So they're not super far from quite literally where everything happened.
1: And even Binghamton and yes. Delhi those were even closer. Yes. Yeah. So I, I don't feel like they were really trying super hard to like start
2: over. No. no like, why I would agree. you, I don't know, I like agree move out of the area? <laughs> like don't live in go northern to, and central New York anymore. Go yeah. to somewhere
1: where they haven't heard of you and try to start over <laughs> instead of having your record sealed. So when murders are taking place and the cops are trying to find a previous offender, yeah, You're right. just not excluded.
2: And they went ahead and placed him and Rose in a motel and didn't notify anyway. anybody that he was there. Not even the authorities. Right. So in June
1: 1987, Arthur and Rose are now in Rochester. They're living out of that hotel that the authorities put them up in. And the authorities in Rochester are not informed of their presence because Shawcross's PO... Thought he would fit in and adjust better in the community if there were less public alarm. Which should have been public alarm.
0: He's a murderer. There should have been so much. (laughs) But again, they get into that mindset of this is a reformed man. We're giving him a second chance at life. He's proven himself over his years in jail. And theoretically, he should have been able to have been rehabilitated away from his murderous tendencies and blended back into society. That is something that they do for people who only have one conviction on record, have served due time, and have shown points of reformation at least. So I see why they did it. I disagree with it. I very strongly disagree with it. So it, the psychologists weren't right. on board with that. No,
2: I... The yes. social workers and the prison staff were saying, yes, he's reformed. He's right. going to start this life. He's. The psychologists were like, No, No, this (laughs) guy is
0: dangerous. He is a danger to society and should not be released. I do agree (laughs) with the fact that he 100% should have been on some form of registry against the children. I know he wasn't convicted of it, but they do know what happened. And that is not something that would fly in today's society. No. It happened back then. We have learned. And that's why new actions have been taken against people who have to be registered. But like, this is a situation where registering him for what he did to children could have prevented further things and or just not giving him a fake alibi and giving him a new space to live, but at least putting him on a registry so that when new things happened, they had a lead in the right direction. I'd like to think the theory of, hey, he's reformed. We (laughs) should give
2: him a shot is like, but in my mind, yeah, I feel like the POs were getting tired of having to try to establish... A new life for him, like oh, Arthur's getting run out of town by an angry mob again. (laughs) Got to go scoop him up and move him, and you do that every year. You're gonna get tired. Nope,
1: it wasn't even every year. The PO's responsibility to relocate him
0: because they would have been getting calls about him constantly, and people trying to either false report or people being aggressive. So he would have been calling the police officers and being like, "These people are harassing me because of something I did in my past." Stuff like that. And it just kind of becomes but a situation do, for the courts. Why
1: do the authorities put him up in a hotel? Why don't they say, like, okay, where do you want to live? Yeah. And then he goes in, like, moves.
2: Because he's under their watch right. as a parolee. Yeah. They are responsible yeah, for him. And if they just kick him out and, like, good luck. Right. He's going to end up back in prison. Exactly. Regardless. Because. Yep. You know, so it. it it's kind of their job to make sure that
0: they're gainfully employed, have a place to live, you know. So, after moving him into Rochester, setting him up in this hotel, what happens next?
1: So, a few months later, the couple moved into a house mm-hmm. at 241 Alexander Street in Rochester. They were married by this point, And Shawcross promptly took up soliciting prostitutes and secured a mistress for himself named Clara. However, Mm. all was not bliss.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What? No way. So he has a wife.
2: And a mistress. And a
0: girlfriend. Yep. And frequents prostitutes. Well, this guy's on his fourth wife, so it's not surprising that he has issues with only being with one person. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. Yes. This is a situation of someone who is a serial, like, woman hunter. (laughs) Whatever that would translate to. He he's frequently, you know, moves around and finds new people. And he's a promiscuous
2: girl. Yes. <laughs> so, the song was just right. of no,
0: Absolutely. Like. <laughs> I'm absolutely here for it. Good reference.
1: So right around this time, bodies began to be discovered in the Rochester area.
2: Surprise, surprise. Wow. Many sharks
1: found in or near the Genesee River. Uh-huh. The first body of note was discovered on March 24th, 1988. This body was identified as Dorothy Dotsie Blackburn. She went missing only a few days prior on March 18th. She was a 27-year-old prostitute. Her body was discovered by hunters on March 24th. Her body was found in the Genesee River, but she was strangled. That they had known she was a
2: prostitute. (laughs) Well, <laughs> yeah. So, they found her strangled and also bite marks on her genitalia. Oh. She actually was missing part of her labia. But, icky. Um, and so, Arthur claims, as we know right. from the last story, sometimes he makes tall tales. But right. sometimes they're probably a little bit of truth yes. to the tall tales. So, for... All the accounts of the victims going forward, it's mostly his word on what happened. Mm -hmm. So in this instance with Dorothy, he solicited her to perform 69. Okay. You know, beneficial to both parties. Um, And he claims that she bit him while she was Uh, so he retaliated retaliated and returned the favor and was so furious and he strangled (laughs) her.
0: You bit my penis and so I'm going to strangle you. Yes, yes. Right. Because that's what you do.
2: Did
1: he bit her (laughs) vagina?
0: No. No, I don't don't
2: think so.
1: I think he he did it after the fact. Because he also chewed on genital area of a little boy Jack.
0: Yep. Yep.
2: And they I will don't. say this is an ongoing, yeah. this is not a one time right. I- I'm instance. aware of that. Like it, did
1: it happen pre or post mortem? I um, could
2: not
0: find that information them, out. Yeah. A
2: lot were post mortem. A lot.
0: Yeah. Hmm. I don't know for each individual one, but I think a lot of them were post mortem. Did you find something different? No,
1: I okay. found that a lot of them were post mortem. Yep. Yeah. I'm just wondering why he would bite her there afterwards.
0: I okay. I, I guess, guess maybe he likes the taste of well, flesh. it could have just been a fascination between like that is where he sees like the sexual point from and like his excitement drives him to biting and in the frenzy of everything that's going on that's what he sees. He's like this is the spot that like I would want to mutilate so I'm going to do so as I please, which for him is by biting things. I oh. just
1: assumed he was like an eight-year-old. He was like, well, she bit me. <laughs>
0: I, I'm sure <laughs> that's exactly what he fucking sounded yeah, like. that's, like, that's definitely how that interview went. But like, if we take away from his idea and we go into probably what was more likely to be reality, I think it was just the frenzy, the being thrown into it, you know, Animalistic style, and and that's just what he chose. Well, you're gonna find which out I also think funny. is a very weird place to bite someone. <laughs> yeah, with each of
2: these victims, yeah, he has a reason, right? Why he killed them? He's totally innocent in this. Mm, there absolutely. was a reason they drove him they to were do horrible, this. So these women, whether it happened pre or post, that was his excuse mm-hmm. yeah. as to why she needed right to go. Yeah, a few months later.
1: In July, another girl goes missing. Her body is dumped in a manner similar to Blackburn, but they know that the body was found far from where Miss Blackburn was murdered. So they, the police, dismiss the idea of a serial killer at this point. And mm. no, we're
0: this talking about Anna
1: Marie we Stephan. Are. We are. Okay. She... The police thought that she could have been killed by anyone. Her cause of death was possible asphyxia. The police were just like, it, you know, it could have been a
2: pimp. It could have been... Once they all again, told... it's another
0: prostitute. Mm-hmm. Right. They don't, they didn't have a high status in society. I mean, to this day, they still don't. You know, sex work is very... It's still, still that seen In that light. Yeah. yeah. There's the stigma against it. People have, like the concept of what a person who works in that field is. And even more so back then, you know, these were considered to be low life individuals, people who were not deemed worthy in society because of the work that they did. So their dismissal of these women, it makes sense for the time is not okay. And they should have done more in-depth work on learning about what was going on. Yeah,
2: they Started looking into construction workers mm-hmm. because her body was found in a lot of construction debris, but it just happened that yeah, all of that drifted together in the river where yep. she was found.
1: Her body was not found until September 11th, 1988. In the meantime, back in July, a third homeless woman went missing. On July 29th, that was the last time that she was seen. Her body was not found until October 21st. She appeared to be bludgeoned and asphyxiated. And this was when public interest in the potential links in these cases started to really develop. The killer was dubbed in the press the Genesee River Killer. Because of all the bodies, locations being near the Genesee River.
0: So we have the first instance of the official title he was given. By the public. By the public. Um, and this, Which is oftentimes how the nicknames are given. You know, it's either public or press. One of the two will put this together and be like, well, this is where we're finding everything. Or this is the the type of crime that they're committing. So that is the nickname we're going to give right. them. Because it gets more fire going underneath people to try and stop what's happening.
2: Yeah. So this is where they got like an inkling, yeah. you know, that there there could be something attached just because of where all the bodies right. were. But this third victim, Dorothy Keeler, she was a homeless woman. Oh. She was not a prostitute. Okay. She was a little bit older than the other two. She was, was it 59? I believe so, Yeah. She did some cleaning for Arthur in his house for about $4 Mm. an hour.
1: Was that even good pay for the time?
2: I'm not sure. I don't know. For the time? I feel like that wouldn't be terrible. (laughs) I mean, it's better than nothing, I guess. She also worked at his favorite, here's in quotations, diner, also known as Dunkin' Donuts. Oh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, Dunkin' Donuts, the notorious diner. That's, he
2: referred to it as his favorite diner yeah. all the time. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, so they, and again, according to Arthur. Right. They started to develop a little bit of a relationship. A um, Yes, and he was making love with her mm. and caught her trying to steal his wallet. Okay.
0: So he became so enraged that he murdered her. Right. Because in the middle of sex, I want to steal someone's wallet. That's they're, exactly what I'm thinking, thinking about. they not like,
1: at me at all. No. Right? And that's exactly <laughs> I'm what I'm thinking about.
0: Were they 69ing? Because that would make a lot of sense right now. That I did not find out if they were
2: 69ing. This one was, uh, he referred to it often as making love. Right. Because we because know he is
0: just such a lover. It makes him seem more compassionate. <laughs> he just loves everybody. Yeah. So, Clearly everybody. <laughs>
1: I just want to let you guys know because I was curious. Yeah. It's worth about $9.55 today, which if you're getting paid under the table, right. not terrible. Hey,
0: that's hey. more than I made working as an EMT. As I an EMT, I made $9.25 an hour. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. And especially cash under the <laughs> as, as someone who was cleaning his house, she made more than I made literally saving lives. <laughs> so she's also the first one where we have evidence of him revisiting a body. Oh. Postmortem. Okay, so there was visitation to like the dump site or the grave site. This one in particular, because
2: uh. to this day, her skull has never been found. Oh, he says that he went there
0: mm-hmm.
2: and just picked it up and tossed it in the river. And they said how? He said I tossed it. Like I like how? Did- <laughs> how much more clarification yeah. do you want? I picked how did it up is? and I
0: tossed it. Become detached is what I want to know. <laughs> bodies don't decay
2: that quickly she had been missing since july and Mm -hmm. was found in october so the decay process in there Mm. at some point he doesn't make it sound like he forcefully ripped it off or cut it it just happened to be laying there it was several months later i'm
1: not saying it should be that decomposed that's fine right but it was several months later and he did have all those Yeah, physically demanding jobs.
0: And he was a very large man, (laughs) was a very large man. To be fair, you know, if a head were tossed in a river, given that it's not like in a stage of decomposition like that, you're not going to have as much buildup in the body anymore. So it's not going to have the gases to float. And the head in particular doesn't have a lot of things that are going to create the gases. And it has a lot of outlets for those gases. So theoretically, it could have sank before being drifted away. But if I know correctly, the Genesee River isn't exactly like a super calm river. Like, it, it's pretty rapid. I have a hard time believing it just sunk down and disappeared into the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I think this dude had a trophy case somewhere or a trophy cachet, I should say.
2: Yeah, because, you know, they looked for it. Obviously. You know, and yeah.
0: it just never... Well, visitation back to dump sites, grave sites, whatever, that is pretty common when people begin to escalate their tendencies. So typically, it's someone of significance. So maybe in the fact that he refers to, ma- like hanging out with her as making love, indicates that he had some kind of more intimate attachment than the previous ones. And that would be why he would go back and visit. Oftentimes, you find visitations with first victims. Uh, with really significant killings. So either when they tried something new, if they were switching up their MO, or if it's like parent or a spouse, that they desperately disliked, you commonly see them going back because of the spite in that situation. So that that would indicate that this was something of some significance to him, if this is the First time we haven't noted that he went back.
1: The next victim went missing on September 29th of 1989. She was found sodomized and strangled and was found six days after Dorothy Keeler's body was found. So hers was found October 27th. Hmm. Uh, This is Patricia Patty Ives. And all of these cases, now that they're linking together, indicate there's a concealment of the body which to the police indicates that whoever's doing this has a previous criminal or military background.
0: Hmm. So
1: at this point they're like let's go through all the criminal records and see who's in
0: the area and guess, guess who's is, not in the yeah. criminal records oh yeah. my god And the
2: like interesting thing to note about like patty she wasn't found at the river she okay. was found behind a YMCA Near, in the area. Right. Right. And Arthur says that he hired her to have sex with him. Okay. And they went out to the field behind the YMCA, as you do. As you do, obviously. And there were children in the area that he okay. heard. And he did not want to be seen by the children and possibly be told right. on and go back to jail. So he decided to anally rape her and strangle her and hide her
0: body because that is... So much better. Right. That's exactly what I would do if I was worried about being caught by children. Absolutely. 100% that's my first instinct is let me just shove it in, strangle you to death so that you can't make a noise, do what I'm going to do, and then disappear from the situation. Not like put my pants back (laughs) on and walk back to my car. Not like... (laughs) Walk away from the situation where the kids might find me. Not, like, not choose the backside of a YMCA. (laughs) Also, I would like to point out, since when does Arthur Shawcross care about what children think of him? Because if we remember what he did to children, although he befriended them, didn't really care what they had to say about the situation. Yeah, I don't know if...
1: That's not a real friend.
0: Right. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> due to Shawcross having no criminal record right when the authorities try to look he is removed from police scrutiny even though the police believed the killer to be known to prostitutes there was suspicion around one John who was known as Mitch or Mike who was prone to violence However,
2: was a regular on the Lyle Avenue red light district
0: of Rochester. Yummy, yummy.
1: (laughs) But they only had a name. They didn't have anything else to go by.
0: Even though he was a regular, no one could give a description of this guy. So they did have a description.
2: Sure. But when they looked through criminal backgrounds, nobody
0: with that name or description Popped up. It sounds to me like it's time to start doing door to doors. Start so talking to. They the went undercover.
2: Okay. In that area. Okay. And they were talking to the prostitutes. Okay.
0: The so police undercover, undercover
1: and the prostitutes frequently
0: went to. Our ah, favorite writer. Oh my gosh! And
2: had discussions with Arthur Shawcross himself. No. So he knew who and what they were looking for. They even complimented his shoes. He was very proud that they and liked his well shoes dressed he and how well was. he dressed. He was. He, so he was growing off respectable.
0: Yes. Yeah. Wow. So so he was involved, directly involved with the search for himself. That just, as means we know, the ego. Yeah. that many the, interject themselves.
2: The
1: undercover police would sit down next to him. Yep. And discuss the case because they assumed. And I don't know why you would like. Wouldn't you make sure of who you were
0: speaking to? Like you. I've
1: never seen you at work
0: before, right. but
1: yeah, let's, let's sit down and, and chat this about this serial
0: killer. Oh my goodness! Meanwhile, that
1: we're looking for.
0: In this area. And that's why we have, it's why we have new protocols about how and where people are allowed to discuss these things in the police force because this was very common with serial killers. They were like, hey, let me just help you out. I might have some information. Not that it's about me or anything. Little innocent old me. I look nice and I'm a good citizen in society. I don't even have a record. Meanwhile, more
2: women are going missing.
0: Right. (laughs) You guys can't see it, but I am very clearly rolling my eyes.
1: A few days before Patty Ives' body was found, on October 27th, 1989, another young woman went missing. She was 26 years old. She was not a prostitute or a drug user, and her name was June Stott. This really, her body being found really affected the police. Okay.
2: Yeah, so June Stott... And this is not, in this time, politically correct anymore. Okay. Was described as a little slow by anybody who knew her.
0: Understood. Okay. So this was... She had some kind of learning disability. Yes. That at the time had a different reference to it. Correct. And that is how she's described in the papers actively. Yes. Okay. Yes.
1: She was found on Thanksgiving Day in 1989. she was thanksgiving str- day yes.
0: oh man
1: <laughs> strangled anally mutilated post-mortem oh. her labia was removed uh-huh. and she was gutted from her throat to her pubic bone
0: so he's really beginning to escalate is it, it's going from mutilation to anal rate to anal and genitalia mutilation to now both of those combined plus an actual gutting yes. like this is this is Increases steadily he is getting away with it and he is having his own playdates with whatever is going on so
2: according to him right i'm gonna just chime in absolutely
0: according to arthur right
2: june wanted arthur to show her how to make love oh because she's said she had never done it before. Right. And so they went and they had this beautiful setting and he laid her down and showed her how to make love. Mm -hmm. And during which he made a comment about he didn't think that she was a virgin and she was furious and she started screaming. So he suffocated her. By putting his hand over her mouth while continuing to rape her.
0: That's exactly Um, what you do in that situation. And I mean,
2: he did have gigantic hands. Yes. So he could have covered her hand and nose, but he knew what he was doing. Exactly. So, yep, he probably did suffocate her that way. But The rest
0: of that sounds like a tall tale. Like, that's not... I'm sure in his mind he has built this construct, but in reality, what probably happened was he took her into... A space because I I don't even know if they were friends, but he took her into the space because for some reason she was at least semi-trusting of him. And then he started doing things and she didn't like it and she started screaming. So he silenced her and then he had his way and his way went into that same bloodless that we've talked about before and continues to be a factor like this guy escalates his tendencies because he wants to be in control and he is enjoying being able to do whatever he wants to these bodies. You know, any gruesome fantasies he could have, he can just do. He's gotten away with it thus far. And- Probably speaking, it would get more media coverage if it was more and more intense and insane. It also shakes up the MO a little bit. Not entirely, but a little bit. it does. He thinks he's covering his tracks.
1: He also indicated that he gutted her to make her body decompose quicker.
0: Well, okay, from a scientific standpoint, that... Okay, I can't really say that. From my understanding of this standpoint, that would help because of the exposure of the body it would stop the gases from being contained and it would allow creatures to get in faster. The body does also rely really heavily on bacteria and other things when it's doing the decomposition process. So by removing those bowels from the system, I don't know if that necessarily would exactly increase it, but I know exposing it to the elements more, exposing it to animals and insects and fungi and stuff like that more, that would definitely speed up the process. You don't have like the containment of everything inside. You don't have the pop, the burst. The smell goes away a lot faster because you don't have the bowels building up those gases inside of the body. So it's a little bit harder to find. And if he moved anything, then you have the scattering of evidence, which makes it look slightly more like an animal attack and less like a person. If you take out the literal slice of a knife. Or removing the labia. Or removing the labia. (laughs)
1: He removed a labia and several other organs to eat
0: them. Oh, yes, so we do have counts of him allegedly claiming in Vietnam that he ate people before, yes. so yes. that's not entirely surprising. Did they ever find out if he actually ate a person or is it just his word?
1: It, it's just his word, it wouldn't mm. surprise me at this point with the,
0: yeah,
1: you know, large bites being taken. No, out of I his. agree.
0: Um, I feel like raw human might not taste super great. I feel like human in general doesn't taste great, but I I at least (laughs) cook it. Like, that's just (laughs) biting into raw pork, essentially. And I don't think I want to eat raw pork. I'm just saying. There's
1: so much about this conversation. (laughs) Um, and again, I still don't believe he actually ate anybody in Vietnam.
0: Right. No, I absolutely I, agree with that. I don't believe Arthur ever saw any form of any combat whatsoever in Vietnam. I think he just made all of that up.
2: But but again, that was all made up after right. his arrest during his interviews and interrogations. Yeah. So he could have blended a lot of what really went down with some of his victims. He could. With... What he claims But also savage. if
0: those were his fantasies, it would make sense that it made its way into his before I started killing people mode.
1: And I wonder if the army, you know, gave him a scapegoat to be like, well, the army made me this way and then they just discharged me. Very know, much could be. Yeah. Loose upon the world. Yeah, the PTSD was a
2: part of his defense plan. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense.
1: November 5th. 1989, Marie Welch went missing. Okay. She was a 21-year-old prostitute whose body was not found until January 5th of 1990. She was another lady picked up from Lyle Avenue. Okay. He took her to the romantic banks, the Genesee River.
0: Oh, his favorite place. <laughs> hmm.
1: Where they argued. Over the appropriate price of sex. Oh. He claimed once more that a woman tried to rob him. (laughs) Later, though, he changed the story. (laughs) And said that he had become angry and killed her when he realized that she was menstruating.
0: Oh my goodness. Infuriating.
2: Because I'm sure period covered labia must taste much different than non period covered
0: labia. Like, oh my God. Okay. I hate this guy so much. There is science behind that. <laughs> there is some science behind that. So, menses does come with an increased amount of iron, it comes with an increase in other types of minerals and stuff that you find in the body. It does technically have a different flavor. And that might not have been to his liking. It doesn't taste exactly the same. He might have wanted to do the good old 69 and realize I can't do that. So I'm pissed and I'm going to kill you. Guy's mad that he got his red wings.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) After
1: going missing sometime in October 1989, Frances Brown's body was found November 11th in the Genesee River Gorge. She was another prostitute. Mm-hmm. She's 32 years old.
2: Okay. He also choked her, but this time it was not with his hands. Oh. It was with his rather large
0: member. Gotcha. That he choked her with. Good.
2: During Loving sex. Loving
0: that. Yes. Yeah. Love that. That went a little too far. And, Thank you and so then much. And
2: continued to have sex with her body. Of course.
0: Post-mortem. What else was he going to do? Every single person that he's killed thus far, he's had sex with them post-mortem. That that does not stop him. (laughs) No, that actually... uh, Excites him further. Yeah, because some of the times he could not actually get it up while they were alive. I believe that. He's escalated to the point that just general sex would not be enticing to him anymore. Needed it with the dead body. I feel like it's doing him a justice to say that he would have Anything beneficial about himself, including a a large penis?
2: No, no. But I guess uh, medically yeah. it was rather. Hu- I mean, he is a huge man. Yeah. So it kind of. I don't sense. know. A
0: lot of the big guys I know. I know right? <laughs> that doesn't usually follow suit. <laughs> Could just be the steroids of today, but I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> On that note. Was a busy time for very busy. finding these bodies,
0: and apparently, so what we can take woman. away from that is that he's starting to get that need more frequently, very much escalating. It's, it's going from on occasion to a monthly basis to a weekly basis to a daily basis. Like, we're watching that increase that you see typical with serial killers, they get into these highs. And they just keep searching and searching. The more they do it, the more they need to do it. And that that's a very typical trend, pretty much with every serial killer who we have document on, is like the tendency starts out small and grows and increases.
1: The same week that Frances Franny Brown's body was found, and in November, Kimberly Logan, she was a 30-year-old woman. From the area, her body was also found. Now Shaw Cross was never prosecuted for her murder but it's important to note that there were a lot of similarities between how her body was found and how Karen Hill's body was found. Leaves were stuffed down Kimberly Logan's throat just like they were with Karen Hill and she was also asphyxiated. Well, I don't know if he just never admitted to it and there wasn't enough evidence. Mm-hmm. He was never prosecuted, but it is a murder that is kind of associated with the
0: case. Okay. There's just house. too much similarity right. to
2: dismiss it completely. He
0: wasn't outright convicted of this, but there's too many similarities for it to feel like someone else did this. Correct. Okay.
1: So the following week, November 25th, 1989, Elizabeth liz gibson goes missing okay her body is found relatively quickly within a matter of days she was last seen with that same suspect mitch from earlier mm-hmm. but the police are still no closer to identifying who this mitch is
0: i love that there's what now nine ten bodies something like that that have popped up i wasn't keeping total track
1: You would not believe it. She, too, tried to rob Arthur. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yes.
1: Which sent him into a rage.
0: Yeah. I just, I, I have a hard time believing that there are this many bodies, this close together, with this much evidence, and they still haven't figured out who the hell Mitch is. Like, where are you in this nightclub? Where are you watching these women actively being with this man? Like, I understand they're, they're going to pick him up at Dunkin' Donuts. They're, they're going, going out undercover out. during the daytime hours, but where are you in the streets, in the times that these women are disappearing? Where is your effort to actually solve this case? Because I'm not seeing it. Well, and all of these women who have gone
2: with him, Mm -hmm. they had gone with him before. So they were looking for, these women were looking for a stranger because surely they hadn't already been with this
0: guy who was actually murdering people. I just, I just, I feel like if they have the name and they know he frequents there, all they needed to do was show up and (laughs) hang out until a person who goes by Mitch shows up conveniently. And oh my God, guess what? He's gonna look like the guy you're talking to at Dunkin' Donuts. And you're gonna be like, huh? No way. I thought your name was Artie. Exactly. Like, I just, I feel like that is such a simple solution to this problem. If you have this many people going missing and being found mutilated in the same conditions or worse conditions, why aren't you out there in the night, in the streets, where these women are looking for a person who goes by the name of Mitch With the description that you have, why are you only searching during the daytime hours and and just kind of like generally canvassing the area? It's ridiculous to me.
1: At this point in the case, the police have decided to expand from canvassing... The great diner of Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> and they're moving on to local bars.
0: Oh, good. So well,
2: Elizabeth threw their investigation off a little yes. bit. And I do want to note this because okay. he drove to a different county. Oh yes. he drove to nearby Wayne County okay. and disposed of her body there. Okay. Because remember, he has been in conversations with the police. He right. knows that they are looking for somebody mm-hmm. in Rochester.
1: So because they fear he feared that the police were getting too close, he tried to find, you know, a new spot.
0: Makes sense. To... So he's switching it up a little bit. A little bit. Trying to throw them off the trail again. Yes. So they start looking in bars. Yeah. Finally, somewhere between seven and ten bodies later, because I genuinely was not keeping track, but it's somewhere in that in that area. We are, and we <laughs> yeah, ten or eleven right now. Okay, it, it even better. If you
1: count the children, I mean, it's, yeah.
0: Okay, children it's, excluded from this current investigation because no one would have known about that in this setting.
1: Then I think we're at about nine. Okay, we're about to talk about nine.
0: Okay, so there we go. And
1: so still a substantial seven to, substantial, to ten bodies later,
0: Yeah. <laughs> and. Four of these were found in November. Right. In the same month. <laughs> Relatively, like, two of them in the same week. Like, these are close. Continue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, the next victim was Darlene Trippy. Okay. She went missing in the middle of December 1989 and okay. was found in January. She was picked up by Shawcross on Lake Avenue, and they went to an isolated parking lot. Okay. Money was exchanged mm-hmm. <laughs> they participated in oral sex but Shawcross could not get, he get not it
0: up <laughs> no way shock face
1: allegedly uh,
0: according became... to arthur
1: right cuz
0: we trust his words so much
1: she became frustrated and called him names
0: making fun okay, of it okay now calling wait. him a limp dick like <laughs> uh, <laughs> i was going to say I'm not gonna lie, I too would be frustrated. I too You're
2: spending an hour trying to right. get somebody up for I, like ten
0: dollars. Hey like, man, come on, dude. My wrist hurts at that point. Right? My throat hurts at that point. <laughs> like we're calling it. I might not call you names if it's my job. But like I'm definitely not gonna be thrilled about this. Well you situation. know he's not like adding more money the longer no. it's and spending. he so is going to be that's, getting that's aggressive true. about the fact that she's not doing the job correctly that this is somehow all her fault that he can't get it up because that's the type of guy Arthur is. And I know types of guys like that. He wouldn't be polite about this. So now there's there's that point where I definitely would have been frustrated. I would have been like, look, man, at the end of the day, this is not my problem. I am not responsible for your <laughs> penis not working. <laughs> so sorry, drink less whiskey. Like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Maybe I'm not your type. Let's just call it. And I'll go home, and you can go find someone else for $10 who is maybe slightly more to your fancy. But that's not what Shot Cross wants. No. So I'm what does he even do? I'm sure
1: <laughs> that's possible for Shot Cross, But neither here nor there. So he chokes her mm-hmm. until she's dead mm-hmm. and dumps her in a woodland.
2: Yeah. So not by the river. Right.
1: So now we are starting a... Wrap it up. The police are going to start making some progress.
0: Oh, thank God! (laughs) So finally, (laughs) it's December, January. Sorry, she was found in January. So yes, we're
2: finally getting somewhere. So she was only found because of his confession. So we are still. Oh, wonderful! (laughs) We are still in December. Okay, point. Most excellent. But you see, we are getting. We are
1: wrapping this up. Like November, December was a busy time. Okay. Holiday.
0: Hey man, holiday cheer. <laughs> Everybody's busy in December. Hey. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of summer babies, so <laughs> So it hip-
1: Mid-December, okay. a woman named J- June Cicero goes missing. She is a prostitute. He tried to go somewhere isolated to have sex with her, but ends up strangling her. Wow. Shocker. Yeah, he
2: uh, just kind of drove with her dead body oh. in the car and just haphazardly kind of slowed down and pushed, pushed her, out. her out. Off a bridge. Oh,
0: man
1: <laughs> yes but two days later he came back to the body oh with a small handsaw uh-huh so he could cut off her now frozen vagina <laughs> and eat it.
2: eat it uh and she was sewn almost completely in half oh lovely yeah like it's just the the post-mortem mutilation yeah is just
0: it's getting insane yeah like oh that's okay one. Not exactly super easy to cut through a body in that direction. Two, definitely not easy to cut through a frozen body in that direction. And her body was found only
2: because...
1: So, uh, des- at the end of December, uh-huh. Felicia Stevens is a 19-year-old who goes missing. Okay. She was another prostitute. This time, she was a black woman. So, most of, if not all of the, you know, known victims, mm-hmm. at least, were white. So, again, the police are thinking, well, all the victims, you know, are white. Right. This are no longer had its profile. With,
2: yes. Okay. So that her jeans with her wallet were found, Felicia Stevens, just her jeans, her wallet. That's okay. how they knew it was hers. Okay. So they send up a helicopter and start an aerial search for the missing woman's body. Right.
1: So the helicopter's, you know, looking, mm-hmm. and they spot a body. They also see someone either peeing or masturbating off a bridge.
0: Oh.
1: And while they can't get to that vehicle right away, they're yeah. able to take down the plate numbers.
2: Gotcha. And The body tries... is not Felicia's. Okay. It is June Cicero's body that they found that he... while searching for Felicia's. Felicia's. Okay.
1: But they do catch up with this Vehicle. Individual, yes. So they're able to trace it to Clara, the girlfriend.
2: Okay. He was borrowing the girlfriend's car, roaming for prostitutes. The girlfriend's the mistress that he. Yeah. So okay. he's been with her right. this whole time. Okay. They're very close. I guess.
0: <laughs> so she. So he's thinking. Okay, they don't know that this is my mistress, and they could identify my car or my wife's car, but if they find her. They're much less likely to find me. So this just ties back to her and her car. Correct. Okay. But she
1: rolls on him.
2: <laughs> she says, Yeah. My boyfriend Arthur's been driving my car. <laughs> hey man, I would throw him directly under that <laughs> she bus. She
1: did not.
2: And this is the part. <laughs> I don't
1: know what kind of loyalty he sought.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the part that shocks me too. The police come up on the car. Right. Arthur's in it. Oh. They ask, can I see your driver's license and registration as they do? Correct. Yes, very accurate. He says, I don't have a license. And also I've been in jail for manslaughter. Just
0: offers up all oh of that information on
2: meeting the police.
0: Because this man thinks they're onto him. I don't yeah. know what the fuck he was thinking. He's just <laughs> like, hey, you're- not only am I driving without yeah. a license, but. If you're going to offer up that information, this <laughs> man fully believes they're onto him. He's like, oh, they caught me. They know it was me. I'm going to get this out in the open now because I am not getting taken in for false charges. (laughs) Whatever else comes out of this, this is what I did. (laughs) I'm driving without a license. And also I killed people. Did you know that? No. And he knows they don't know that, at least to some extent. Because he knows his records were sealed, so he knows that although they might be on to him for whatever's going on now, they don't know his history, and he wants that moment of being able to tell them. Ah, by the way, oh yeah, no. So it gets not like
2: he would not confess right. to the murders during the interrogations until the police discovered that he gave a ring to his girlfriend Clara that had belonged to June Cicero. Oh,
0: and they could tie it
2: back full circle, right. and they showed him that. Yep, and then oh, he gave his his statement. His statement, okay. um, just an eighty-page confession. Holy crap! Eighty pages. Holy crap!
1: <laughs> so most of the murder trials were held mm-hmm. in Monroe County. Okay. Except for Gibson, because her body was found in Wayne County. Right. So
2: ten counts of murder is what he went to trial for in Monroe County.
1: Yeah, okay. that was in November 1990, which is really pretty quickly to get like a sure. murder trial.
2: Well, when you underway. have an 80-page
0: confession, <laughs> I don't think there's that much to really Yeah, like, like defense dispute. doesn't have a lot to stand on at this so, point. So,
1: yes, he pled not guilty by reason of insanity and listed brain damage, multiple personality disorder, PTSD indicated he was sexually abused as a child. These different things. His- they did
2: do scans. He did have some cysts on his brain. He did have some injuries. He did. So there, there was a little bit of
0: a it. He had several. Dis- he was not all right in the brain. Right. Okay, so no, like you
2: can't. Clearly, just say, we
0: can tell right. something up there is not right. Now, do I believe that he has MPD? No, not not particularly when
2: well, he knew he was trying to throw the police right. off of the investigation. That is not just
0: so what an insane person does. But <laughs> as we've seen with a lot of criminal cases, we know that if they can find a form of insanity plea, that's what they can take because they can still plead either guilty, but innocent because of the insanity plea or not guilty because of the insanity plea, depending on states and jurisdictions and stuff like that but they can get away with lesser charges if they can prove beyond reasonable doubt that they have some form of mental condition that caused them to do this. Even if it's very far-fetched, if they can get enough information together on it and they can put off enough of a presentation for it, that's what they get.
1: For their part, the prosecutor's psychologist said that Shawcross had an antisocial personality disorder.
2: No way. (laughs) So, no way. <laughs> guess how long it took the jury to deliberate on Five trial. minutes. <laughs> well, it was six and a half hours over the course of two days. So okay, that's there fair. might have been enough there for them to actually look at.
0: Um, sure. I would have just seen the 80 page confession and been like, yeah, we're good. <laughs> right. Wrap it up right there. Thank you so much.
1: I, I guess they were considering yeah. the insanity. At
0: a little bit. So, because he entered that as his plea, that it makes sense. They would have to take that into consideration. They looked through the medical records. Is, right. The, the yeah. That like, is how trials work. You do have to prove all avenues beyond a reasonable doubt. They do have to do the investigation. I'm just saying, me personally, right? 80 page confession, no brainer. <laughs> Probably why I'm not on jury selection. <laughs>
1: So just an interesting tidbit, you know, after the fact, he went to jail. In 2003, Uh he interviewed for a documentary on cannibalism. He bragged about slicing and eating the vulvas of three of his victims, but refused to discuss the earlier claim of eating the genitals of his first victim, Jack Blake. Hmm. And even in subsequent documentaries and things that he filmed, he refuses to discuss those children. Yeah,
2: he will not, he will shut down, or he did, he will. He's Death. He shut down anytime anybody asks mm-hmm. about Watertown. He said that is the conditions of this interview. I will sit and I will talk to you. and he did a lot of interviews. yeah, but he would never talk about Watertown. Right. and I think he could not justify or have an excuse like with all the women he had dare. an excuse yeah but there is no excuse right for raping and murdering children children two of them and so there had to be either some form right. of some guilt in his part, or
0: he just knew that that was so horrendous. Yeah. Or he realized after he got out of prison for not, not being convicted of that, <laughs> right? which is probably what he's standing on in his own heart. He has convinced himself that he's not guilty of those crimes. He wasn't found guilty of those crimes. No one can prove otherwise, because if he were to confess That would undo his prior sentencing. And that man doesn't have anything left to stand on other than he was not convicted of killing and mutilating those children at all. And and I'm sure to some extent after he got out, the harassment might have registered with him that this is a bigger deal than he believed it would be. And maybe between the two of... I wasn't convicted of that. Now he's spending his life in prison. He doesn't wanna be labeled a child molester in prison. That was part of the thing too. Like you don't wanna be labeled
2: as somebody who did something to children. So
0: he would, I feel actively avoid it because he didn't wanna face the consequences of that action specifically. He's like, I will absolutely claim these women because in the eyes of prison and society, what I did to these full grown women is not as bad as what I did to those children. Right. And I'm not saying anything on that because I'm not pulling that onto myself
1: and it is worth noting that the children of Watertown is the primary reason that we wanted to cover Arthur Shawcross because we all live within about 10 minutes of Watertown yes so you know my kids went to the school that was one street over from where Arthur Shawcross grew up. We're all located very close to the Black River, where the children were found. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a very interesting and you know can be like a personal kind of case. It's- right. This
0: is this is very local to us. Yes. You know, and it it takes on that personal feeling because the two of you have children, and I could imagine what it would feel like, at least to some form of extent, of of being an adult in a situation. Where two children were found in this area, like that is horrific.
2: Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine. And their outrage
1: that they must have felt. Oh, outrage
0: that I still feel. I like this case the, pisses the me off. The <laughs> community, uh, the community, hearing what he got sentenced for, the community would have been absolutely outraged. Absolutely. I don't blame them at all for running him out of town. No, I would have too. Yeah, genuinely, absolutely.
2: I'd never wanted to be part of an angry mob more. <laughs>
0: Grab your pitchforks.
1: (laughs) Um, All too soon, on November 10th, 2008, Shawcross woke up one morning and complained to officials about a pain in his leg. They took him to Albany Medical Center and he went into cardiac arrest and Mm. died at 9.50 p.m. And his body was cremated.
0: Was he on a life sentence or several life sentences?
2: 250. Years he got 25 years for each of the 10 murders, and then an additional 25 years in Wayne County for the murder of Elizabeth Gibson. Good, so in total, it would have been 275 years. Good, which he did not
0: serve enough of, his
2: death was way too quick.
0: So, from the time that he went in until the time he died, how much time had lapsed? Do you have that 21
2: information? 51 years. His okay. trial was November 1990. Mm-hmm. And, and how he old? He died would, in 2008.
0: How old would he have been in 2008?
1: He was born in 47. Yeah, I was
0: 40 something. Yeah. Let me check. Please. So quick math 45. I'm so 45.
1: sorry. 45. So
0: he died in 2008, 63. minus 1945. So yeah, 63 years old. Okay, so 63 years uh, old when he died. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I absolutely agree that. Between the the amount of time he spent doing horrible crimes and the amount of time he spent in prison for said horrible crimes, he did not serve enough time. And They shouldn't have even let him out after the the first first time. time. I agree. If they had left him in there after the children, none of this would have happened. (laughs) 11 to like 13 more people would have been alive. Would have been alive.
1: It is worth discussing that there is a myth that serial killers don't change their victim type. So, had the police known that he had a record, would they have even checked up on him that thoroughly? Since he
0: since it was children, right? Previously convicted
1: for children, and it's important (sighs) just to emphasize that certain killers like Shawcross are simply opportunistic. They will kill who they can. Yeah. He found out there's a lot of public outrage when you kill children. Who are easy victims?
0: Yep. So he had to go so he switched ch- different easy to prostitutes, prostitutes that, which were equally an easy victim, but didn't. And this is a reflection
1: of outcry. society. Yep. Yeah. Right. There's, there's not as much public outcry when right. it comes to prostitutes, drug addicts, yep. you know, special needs individuals, yep.
0: and back in the day, people of color or people of a different race. We see a lot of Asian hate there. There was a population of that that became pretty substantial. People from Mexican or Spanish descent, anything in that nature. So anyone who doesn't fit the bill of the white American person, they tend to not be as outraged. Correct. Correct. This
2: was economical yeah. background of lower yeah. mm-hmm.
0: status Yes, people and
2: at the time. We which have is... seen
0: a little bit of shift over the years. I don't feel that it's enough still. No. But we have seen some shift in those categories, you know, since these killings took place and since- these victims were what they were, you know, the 70s, the 80s, these were very rampant things that happened. And we have mildly reformed things to try and do better than what was happening back then.
1: And just to close out real quick. Yeah. Do you guys want to quickly talk about because I know just to tie it into like more current documentaries, that Dahmer documentary just came out, obviously the gay era of a similar time period oh. <laughs> um, and the threat of HIV AIDS. and AIDS, yep. that also played a part in, allegedly, yes, in Shawcross's consumption of flesh, which Stephanie can explain further.
2: At one point, Arthur was convinced that he had HIV and got it from one of the prostitutes, which is why he had revisited many of the prostitutes that he had slept with because he didn't know which one allegedly gave him HIV, which he didn't have, by the way, and then he believed that by consuming their bodies, mm-hmm. it would help progress the HIV into AIDS and go faster, killing him. It, it doesn't that's make not sense blood how like, bloodborne. That's not okay. That's not how
0: bloodborne illnesses work. That's but not. we all
2: know that Arthur Shawcross was just this highly intelligent, right, you know, very, man He dropped out of like ninth grade at seventeen, doctorate level <laughs> status of intelligence.
1: That he did learn. Right. Yes, he, he learned all about infectious yes. and
0: bloodborne. You know. I, yes, you can. <laughs> you do get it from blood to blood contact, and we do know that the whole epidemic about it, when HIV/AIDS in the gay community was going rampant, was ridiculous because people believed at the time they didn't know how it was passed. So at the time, they believed that it was passed by just skin to skin contact, which is why like police wouldn't enter areas that gay people were in because they didn't want to become infected and they had to do um, like cleansing showers like you would do if you were in like an infected area after coming into contact with these people per protocol because no one knew how to deal with this. And we developed over the years an actual understanding of how HIV AIDS is passed, which is blood to blood because it's a bloodborne illness. So you could get it maybe by eating it. I haven't actually done the research on that. I'm sure that is absolutely a way that you can get HIV AIDS. Eating more of it is not To progress it, it's like, but speed it up, practically. Now you just have it, and it is going to take the course of action that an illness is going to take. Sometimes it's faster. Sometimes it's slower. We now have medicine to suppress it or prevent the symptoms of it from progressing. So if you only have HIV, you can prevent it from progressing to AIDS because we've developed those technologies, but yes. that was Is not available to people. The flesh? Eating
2: the flesh. No, right. that
0: speeds it up. <laughs> but I, so aside from eating the flesh, there would not have been key indicators to him of who who would have possessed this? This isn't something that you look at someone and right. you're like, you, you have HIV. Well, that's why he had to right. so all of kill them. all of them that's as ridiculous. revenge.
2: And right. so, and no, I, that was I agree, all, I found bullshit. that only in a couple of sources. Yes. And so we found out with this case, a lot of dates, a lot of um, information was mm-hmm. a little bit all over the place sure. depending on which source you looked Just at. Like so we a few did, days. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, been a few days. So um, we did our best to yeah. kind of condense a lot of the information that we uh sure. we consumed but if we did get something wrong yep. just let us know please
1: uh whoever listening we would really really love it if you would let us know what you're watching what you're listening to uh any ideas of cases you have for us to cover if you could please email us mm-hmm. at coldbloodedbrews b-r-e-w-s at gmail.com that would be really wonderful please feel free to engage with us
0: Thank you for listening to this week's Select Brew. We hope it was to your taste. If you would like to keep up with our weekly selections, you can currently find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, and other select sites. If you would like to keep up with our short clips and podcast updates, search us on Instagram or TikTok under at coldbloodedbrewspodcast. All edits to this podcast are done by the Mayor of Anything, who you can find by searching at Mayor of Anything on any platform that matters.